so why not why not take a crazy look why not why not at hillary duff's books in cinderella stories you'll hear us a lot so why not why not why not take a crazy look why not read hillary duff's books yeah hey Hello and welcome to Cinderella Stories. With a Z. With a Z. <laughs> My name is Dan. I'm Al. And we're reading the novels of actor Hilary Duff. Hilary Earhart Duff. <laughs> How do you spell her middle name? E H R H A R D. You told me this week that's her middle name. I still can't believe this. I won't ever forget it. I think it's fabulous. It sounds like aristocrat. A, a little bit. So we know our middle name, but do you know why we're doing this? Do you have any, what's your best guess for why we're doing this project? I'm kind of just along for the ride. I'm going to be honest. I just kind of enjoy the idea of talking and someone out there listening to me. Yeah, I like talking to you, listening to you, and I like that you talk to me and listen to me. I try my, I try my best, nice. honestly, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm a notoriously know. bad listener if you ask my family. <laughs> All right, we're starting Maybe with the 2010 New York Times bestseller from Simon & Schuster called Elixir. Now, I wrote that. It, it only debuted at number 10. We'll get into that later, though. Whoa. On this episode, we're talking about Chapter 2. Now, just before we go into this, uh, anyone listening, you do not have to read this book, okay? We're Please reading don't. this, so you don't have to. It's uh, fucking terrible. It's, it's not the best book. Uh, it's the writing is awful. The writing is horrible. Every time something vaguely interesting happens in the book, it's boring for some reason. And then all the boring stuff is only funny whenever she says croissant. <laughs> croissant. <laughs> croissant. Yeah, I think the, part of the appeal for me, I guess the reason why I'm liking this so far, is the fun isn't the reading it. The fun is let's overanalyze this piece of media that I'm pretty sure has not been analyzed this level before. It's exciting. You know, breaking new ground. That's right. I am ready for... I didn't write down my chap, my summary of chapter two. I'm just going to go off the seat of my pants. Are you ready for this? Let's hear it. I'll help okay. you out. So, recap of so far in the book. Chapter one, she's in France with her friend, her best friend she's clearly in love with. She's shaming her for having fun, having a boy toy. She's a photographer. She goes back to a hotel, has a weird dream of fire, wakes up. Her friend, the apartment that her her friend's uh, uh, <laughs> boy of the night is on fire, goes to run to it. Her friend's alive. It's like, oh, okay. And then she takes a photo, and at the end of the chapter, said this photo would change my life forever, or something to that. That that was chapter one, right? Yes. That's the book up until this point. So chapter two opens up um, in Connecticut. She's back home. She's tired. Um, Raina then then you know said the goodbyes. She has a housekeeper <laughs> with 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 the housekeeper. That's right. We'll we'll come back to that when we get to the eat the rich section in today's episode. Um, nothing really happens. Just recapping her trip. She's going through photos. She's like Marcus when she likes, and then um, Ben comes over and he's really hot. The best friend mentioned from the first uh, chapter. She's really clearly attracted to in a really awkward way. And it's all like, oh, you know, we're like best friends. We can't date. But she's like staring at his chest. The like, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I have a I have a lot to say about that. I'm holding my tongue. Continue. So he like kind of spooks her. Something feels off and she doesn't sure why in her dad's study because her dad died and empty casket, all this stuff. His Her mom is is on this foreign committee uh, for the Senate. She's like off in Israel. Um, and then... She kind of wanders around her big ass house, feeling like something's wrong. Maybe it's the fact that you're sad. Um, and, <laughs> and then 
I don't know how to how to summarize this. She goes to a party at the other house within her house where her best friend lives slash is hired from her family. Yikes. And then she comes back afterwards and basically looks through photos and finds that there is this this mysterious Edward Cullen type figure in each of the photos that she took. He's in there somewhere in the background in the shot next to the firefighters, next to the Chevy Fountain, uh, uh, and even floating in midair when there's no place for someone to stand. And that's where the and that's where the chapter ends. Did I miss anything? Um, you did not, except for. Uh you said that her father was deceased, but it's well, with a question mark at the end. It's true. Well, well, yeah, it's very ambiguous. They what they happened. really milk that question. They really mark, open that up. You know? it's clearly yeah. alive. It's so clear. That's pretty much efforts for the summary. Uh, yeah, that's that's all that happens. But oh boy. But also nothing happens. <laughs> but oh boy. But also absolutely nothing happens. <laughs> there is so much I want to talk about here. There is so oh, there's so, so there's much. a lot to unpack here, but we should probably just burn the fancy ass suitcase. But continue. <laughs> so uh what segment do we want to start with first? Let's just go for fashion check real quick. All right. Only you would think that you could hide that powder blue puffy sleeve. It's kind of a peasant dress, but it might just be a baggy disaster of questionable fiber content that you wore to the spring dance. Fashion check. check. The gray shawl necked sweater. Okay, the shawl necked sweater. What a relic. Where is that? It's it's what Ben is wearing. Um it stood out to me because this was like a really really Oh, yes. hideous sweater trend that I'm glad is dead that dominated the late 2000s. Do you know this kind of sweater? It's horrible. It's like a sweater with too much fabric at the neck. It looks awful. It's not, it's not cool enough. It's not like structured and cool enough. It's just kind of like hanging there. You know, even though I created a fashion anyway. check, I have no idea about a lot of fashion. That's what's kind of fun about this. So I'm going to take your word for this one. Um, yeah, so they spilled coffee all over it's got, it. It's got the crisscross. It kind of looks like a cardigan. I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not over the shawl neck sweater. They're horrible. Um if you wear shawl neck sweaters, email me and I will send you a better sweater. Um <laughs> back to the sweater. E- email us at Cinderella Stories with a Z. Uh the, the words with a Z is not there. It's it's literally just Cinderella Stories with a Z instead of the S. Um at gmail.com. Yes, tell me if you own one of these and um I'll send you a. I will send you a better sweater. Yeah, the first you. person who messages are... us, who emails Cinderella Stories at gmail.com, gets a free sweater, but only if you own a sh- gray shawl neck sweater beforehand. Yeah, if you own a gray shawl neck sweater, you are entitled to financial compensation. <laughs> so what we, I'm guessing we grade this outfit that Ben wears as a. What do you rate? What do you grade it? Negative seven out of ten. <laughs> I give it a five. He's comfortable. Um, but underneath, underneath, let's get to the next Why can't you just wear the check. t-shirt? Is so, it cold in Connecticut? I've never been to Connecticut. I'm the kind of person where I feel like if I went to Connecticut, they, were, they would be like, you need to leave immediately. <laughs> and you should. So let me get to the second fashion check here. On the second page, he wore a thin white t-shirt underneath the gray so you can see his nipples probably the coffee spiller left the shirt had a bit damp and it clung slightly to his chest in a way that made me stare and caught my voice in my throat his suddenly well-toned body it goes on to say uh and then dot 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 i didn't stop looking so so uh in addition to a best friend they just Bought her a boy, too. Oh, yeah. Let's get into this. So, Ben. <laughs> uh, by the way, I grade that. I grade the t-shirt like an A because it's hot. 
Yeah, the t-shirt is simple. A white t-shirt is simple and classic, and you could never go wrong. 10 out of 10. He probably wore a thin one so that he could show off his nipples. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Yes, King, 10 out of 10. Okay, so let's dive into this Ben thing a little bit more. Um, Burn the sweater. So there are a couple characters we're basically introduced to. The first chapter, Ben was just a phone call. He was just like the other best friend. That's not Raina. Uh, and then we get information about about the housekeeper named, how is it pronounced? Peary? Yeah, and she mentions that uh, her housekeeper had the day off so that she could be alone in this giant-ass house. Man, I really... Are we, are we supposed to like this character at all? This main I, character? I think it's time for Eat the Rich section. We'll come back to that. It's always time show. for the Eat the Rich section. I have a lot to say. I have some sections underlined here to just demonstrate how out of touch uh, Rich this protagonist is. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so on right, so on page 34, if you're reading along with us, uh, theory, I call then remembered our housekeeper wasn't here today. I'd given her the day off so I could decompress on my own. Oh, good for you. Oh, thank you, girl boss for giving the hired help a day. I think it's insane. What? Why? Okay. Why would you hire a housekeeper? Why wouldn't you just live in a smaller house? Well, keep in mind. If you have so much shit. There's two families that live in her estate, if not three or more, right? Oh, my so, God. It's a whole commune. They just bought this girl a commune. <laughs> it's a cult. And her mom is some sort of agent of American colonialism and imperialism. And so I'd like to point out that uh, she said that. So her Ben is her bodyguard, right? Her international advisor. Yes, um, I have a lot to say because about that. she goes to quote unquote less than savory locations, and um, I have a lot underlined. I would I would just like to know. I would like to know what this white girl from Connecticut has to say about these less than savory locations because you know it's 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 probably very fucked up. It's the worst. I already hate this book. Uh, so her dad, so uh, there's a lot to unpack here. So we get, so, so much. people live in her, on, on her estate, right? So it's the mom who's a Senator, right? And she's clearly off always in Washington, DC or always abroad, whatever. Um, and the woman, Raina and her mom live in the, live in the second house, right? On the property. God. A house that is big enough to host a party. That's true. And keep in mind, Raina's mom is just their horse girl. Is They're just the hired horse live in, girl. Live in equine professional. <laughs> live in horse girl. <laughs> what a dream. That's a dream job. <laughs> and then That I think, might be my dream job. And then I think Ben also lives on the on the estate as well. Am I wrong? They So, yeah, they just bought her her friends yes that's like yes her teenage friends wow so we get information about the dad grant raymond the most renowned heart surgeon in the world uh ben carson i don't know exactly where it's ben carson. i i don't either except i just like i can't get over that i'm supposed to be relating to this character i it's just like uh, i'm okay the dad is whatever. They gave us a lot of exposition on him, but I wasn't listening because this chapter was incredibly boring. Like the first one was a little bit of boring, but this one was pretty boring. Like I listened, to, I probably listened to this chapter three times. I listened to it <laughs> once, once before 
initiating the Discord call. And uh, I still am like, who is this guy? See, I disagree. There's so much to unpack here. I don't know where to begin. Because I think one one aspect of this story is I read this. By the way, it's a very spooky chapter. All right. It's a lot of bumps in the Oh, night. I have a lot to say about that. I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Let, let's go on to the more rich things. Uh, so the dad left notes about like his he disappeared or whatever. And, and illustrious hospitals and medical journals from all over the world have beg- begged to sift through the stuff. And it's so weird. It says, like, mom, pay no attention to these requests because she doesn't recognize death and is just avoiding it. Uh, but someone had to deal with them. Quote, that left me. I saw the expert's argument. I even know that it was right. But So, like, this teenage girl is left to decide whether or not these hospitals and these medical journals can sift through her father's studies to try and solve, like, world health crises with Claudia Health. And she says no. What? That, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really think about that, but yeah, that's mad fucked up. That's pretty selfish. <laughs> yeah, she That's sucks. really selfish, actually. <laughs> they'd, be, they'd be careful with it, too. You know, if someone was like, oh, yeah, let's have a look at your father's research. We're going to, like, treat these as primary source documents and wear gloves and shit when we handle them. She's like, no, you can't have this because I have this. Yeah. It's like, cool, it gets all worse. right. It gets worse. It gets way worse. So before I go to the next, I just want to point out she used the word ineffable. In a paragraph, which I think is our, our word of the chapter. Would you agree? This word from Cats, the musical. Ineffable. Yeah, that's that's the only reason why it matters. Um, I'm also still stuck on the fact that I'm thinking about Ben more than I'm thinking about this dad character. So this... this. Oh, yeah. Let's just skip right to Ben because I did some math. Okay. I did some math. Okay. Did, you just, did you do some math on this one? I didn't do any math, but I guess my question is, how does this motherfucker have a doctorate at 20? And yeah, yet he exactly. is just hired, hired by a U.S. <laughs> senator to be her daughter's boyfriend. And that's his only can job. I, can I read the section? Please. It, okay. So I'm going to read the thirst section first, if you don't mind. Go for it. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, so Raina came by and interrupted their little, their little staring party. Uh, and, <laughs> uh, Raina says, quote, immediately, unless I can tell my mom, there are some dot, dot, dot extenuating circumstances. She said the last part with a leer that lingered on Ben's chest and made him blush. Raina's entire family had spent the last two years dying for Ben and me to get together. They seem to be under the impression that my parents hired him to be my boyfriend, not my international advisor. Let's remember those words. International advisor. Here's the section that we're really, really confused by. It's hard to believe I've known Ben for only two years. Remember those? Remember two, okay? Two years. And even more bizarre that at first I wanted nothing to do with them. Mom and dad hired Ben without my knowledge soon after I started getting photojournalism assignments around the world, including some less than savory locations. Nepotism, I was, <laughs> nepotism, I was nepotism. Imagining a brainless meathead of a bodyguard who'd hang around like an albatross around my neck. I just... So let's. She is 17 in this book. She is. That's also pretty weird. Okay, she's 17 in this book. She, when she started getting photojournalism, who's hiring a 15-year-old, a 15-year, because it's two years ago, 17 minus 2 is 15. She was 15 years old when she started getting international photojournalism assignments. Who is hiring a 15-year-old daughter of a senator to be their photojournalist? Someone who doesn't hang out with 15-year-olds, because, like, I don't know if... 
whoever wrote this or ghost wrote this, because it was not Hillary Earhart Duff, um, has ever spoken to a 15-year-old, but, like, they're 15. They're 15. <laughs> they, uh, they're 15, and they say some pretty stupid shit because uh, they're uh, not done becoming adults yet because they're still children. Um, right. Well, they do mention, at least mention, that the parents don't trust her until she's 18 alone. So she hire his international advisor slash bodyguard slash model. Uh, slash model. At 20, it says at 20, he already has a doctorate. How? Speaks more languages than should be humanly possible. How? I'm adding these What house, does that even mean? And knows something about pretty much everything, though his specialties are world history and mythology. His knowledge keeps me safer when I travel than any ham-fisted trusted guy. This man is 20, okay? They hired him at 18. So unless he's been getting his doctorate on the side and doing all this stuff, he at 18 had a doctorate. That means he had a graduate degree, <laughs> a doctorate degree on top of what I'm guessing was undergrad credit at the very least. What This makes no sense. I think it does. I think really rich people in Connecticut probably do shit like this because of all of their uh, institutions of higher learning are based off of white supremacy. So if you're doing shit like uh, hiring people to be your daughter's friends and you're a U.S. senator, this is probably <laughs> what all these people do all day. And they live in this little bubble and, and they're like, cool. Um, well, uh, yeah, cardamom coffee. That's what he brings her. He Speaking brings her coffee that, as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot to He's basically his an intern. He's just an Cardamom intern. Cardamom clove coffee. What even is that? I never heard of that before. I was a barista for eight years, and I have no idea what the fuck that is. Oh, and don't forget, uh, she has 10 years of Krav Maga. Ten I did years write that Krav down. Maga. 10 years of Krav Maga. So she's 17. Okay, she's 17. That means at age seven, she started taking Krav Maga training, right? And hasn't stopped. Presumably, right? Unless you had the 10 years before that point. Uh, she gets photojournalism assignments at 15. They hire an 18-year-old to watch after a 15-year-old. Okay? And currently, she is 17, he is 20, and there's a lot of sexual tension there. And I feel very uncomfortable about that. It's really, yeah, it's not, I, I don't, like... It's weird. There's I don't a power like dynamic there. This. He is both her employee and also her superior. Yeah, and like she's seven. That's a weird. I mean, all of this is weird. Listen, I. Oh, this you, book you don't is even really hire a babysitter bad. who's like younger than eighteen if you're trying to watch a fifteen-year-old. Yeah, this book is just really, really like. I'm gonna say this a lot, but I think we're overthinking this. But if we didn't overthink this, there would be no podcast. So uh, I'm trying to hear more about this mom and how she uh, ruins the world. Okay, I have a question. Because that's her job. What's your question? There are a lot of names being thrown out here, okay? Uh, but to on the next, after the whole, like, thing about Ben, it says, but to Raina and Wanda, Wanda is Raina's mom, right? Um, but to Raina and Wanda, and in parentheses, and probably George, too, since he always follows the woman in his life. Who is George? Uh, he follows the woman in his life. Uh, that's what he. That's he's Thank a wife you. guy. That clears up everything. Wherever he is, however old he is, guy. he married or not married, he's a wife guy. He's a bi wife guy. Yeah, I already like George, and I've never met him. <laughs> it says Ben is my soulmate, and I have a, a note oh at the bottom God. of this page. What is everyone wearing? What is everyone wearing? What is she wearing? Well, we get on the next page. Let's get back to fashion check. I just 
Lizzie McGuire, you are an outfit repeater. On the next page, uh, it says, I clicked on a picture of Raina in front of the Parthenon in Athens. This was Queen. back in their trips. She was in a flowing white dress, her arms raised in a goddess-like pose as her long red curls blew behind her. The setting sun lit her whole body aglow, and the effect was absolutely magnificent, dot, 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 except for the small knot of tourists I couldn't frame out of the shot. Um, can we get the lesbian sound clip? Yeah. Here we go, lesbians. Here we go, lesbians. Come on. Let's go. Let's go, lesbians. All right. That was cool. Uh, <laughs> lesbians. Actual, let's go, lesbian. Actual goddess rain. Okay, so first of all, her parents bought her two friends, and she's in love with both of them. I think that in and of itself is a pretty wild tragedy. Uh, second of all, yes, Queen Reyna, we love, we, I love it. You know, why isn't the book about her? Why isn't the book about Reyna? She's so much why cooler. Why isn't the book about her? Yeah, she's, I already like her more. She just is like chill. She's like, I don't just have fun. Don't think about she's it. Beautiful. We're teenagers. She knows blah, blah, who she blah. is. She's an yeah. adult and doing adult things. How do we rate her outfit? This white dress. Oh, and 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. 11 out of 10, I, I, I like to say. It's sundress season. It's sundress season. I think that's it for fashion check. Let me double check. Double fashion check. Yeah, that's check. it. Well, Only what you should check outfits. out is this. Three outfits I sent you in that. this entire chapter okay. described. That's it. But I sent you that ugly ass sweater. Take a look at it. All right. So you know what, they're, what they look like. Oh, I like that sweater. You like these sweaters, Dan? Why? It looks like a cable that sweater, but it looks comfy. I mean the I mean the the fisherman sweater part the knit is like great but the collar it's not going to keep you warm it's just like extra baggy okay, fabric. Okay, just to be clear, I'm looking at the men's bunratty shawl collar Iran sweater for yes, 99.95. It's, it's a shawl. It's a, it's got a shawl. It's a shawl neck sweater, and it's awful. I I like it. I'm gonna give it a seven you, out of ten. It's so it's like folded weird. I mean, I guess you can keep snacks in there, the little folds. You get hungry, you just pull it up. Get a mask that's really long, and you could just kind of feed yourself like a feed bag all day. I can't believe we're a year into this shit, and I haven't tried that yet. <laughs> just putting snacks in my mask. I have students who, I have students who do that, but they're really? uh, so like seven. It's kind of gross, but good for them. Oh, yeah, context to the listeners. We're both teachers. We are. Well, we I think that's ridiculous. That. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> I'm a completely respectable human being and member of society, except uh, when I'm at home, except when I'm clocked out. Um, there are a couple of things I want to point out, again, uh, about rich things, okay? There are a couple, okay, I have many questions, but I'm going to start with uh, the Sacre Coeur Basilica in Montmartre. She just name drops there. Right, out of nowhere, just like that's a normal thing to say. And then she also mentions there are many secret boyfriends, in quotes. Uh, sorry, secret bodyguards. I misspoke, but am I wrong? You're not wrong. <laughs> that was the most accurate. For, yeah, that's what That's what her parents were really like. Uh, your boyfriend bodyguard is uh, here. Your, uh, what is it, international advisor. Right. To advise you on uh, mythology, because it's one of his uh, expert subjects. I'm, we're going so out of order, so everyone's going to hear these sound bites multiple times. Let's get back to lesbians real quick. I'm going to read some segments that I highlighted because All they're right. incredibly Bring gay. it back. Oh my god, lesbians. Lesbians, move out of my way. Here we go. Uh, exhausted. This is from page one. Exhausted. Raina and I hugged each other goodbye and split off into our separate houses to crash. Why don't we just hang out together? Man, I guess... As I say, they got sick of each other on the trip, but, like, we... <laughs> They were 
Reyna was sleeping somewhere else. Good for you, queen, you know? And I feel like the whole Reyna... Exactly. Exactly. Yes, queen. I feel like the whole Reyna interrupting Ben was really also her being je- her wanting to be with, with for whatever reason, Clea. Ooh, if this is the love triangle, triangle I'm kind of here for it. I don't think it is. I think this book is very straight. No, I think this book is going to be horrible. Can I tell you that, like... I think I know exactly what is going to happen in this book, and I know that's our next segment. But before that, I want to say, I wish I could just stop this book where it is and just <laughs> take over writing it for myself. And I don't write—I don't write any sort of fiction. I write nonfiction. Like I don't do that. But I'm just like, wow, this would be really cool if they did this. And I know they're not gonna. I know she's gonna fall in love with Ben. That's—they already told us. They already showed us. They already made it very clear. They already just, yeah. They were like, well, her parents bought her this man, so she's got to she's gotta get with this guy or else they're wasting money. Capitalism. Capitalism. Uh, when Raina interrupts, she's like, hello. Wait, can we just get the clip of this? Put it here. Hello. Please tell me I'm interrupting something. How about that? Pretty gay, right? I mean, yes. Yes, but, you know, like, that's that's the worst part, is that we have to kind of make our own fun here, because you know this book isn't going to do that. This book said, this book said gay people don't exist. <laughs> Which is fine, because it's a terrible book. I, I wouldn't want to be slandered like that anyway. Um, what, this, yeah, this chapter, okay. Something about this book that's really, I think I mentioned this before, but anytime something interesting or, or spooky or suspenseful happens... And maybe this is the audiobook, but it's extremely boring. And I'm just, I get that there's supposed to be suspenseful and kind of scary, but I'm, I'm not, I'm just like bored. I'm like, how, is, how are you taking this long to be like, this man was in all of these pictures and he's been following us. Like, just tell us. Just tell well, us. Well, because we got to live vicariously through their uh, economic advantage. Yeah, I'm like, I don't, you know, where the fuck were you? I don't care. We were in a country that was savory, as opposed to the less than savory locations. They were in savory locations. That means Europe. That's not means <laughs> savory means Europe. It means Europe. That's right, because less than savory is not. I mean, less than savory, I assume, is used to describe uh, non-Anglo-Saxon Europeans, no less. She was probably in like Egypt and totally fine. Maybe she like, was in there Turkey. Some really, yeah, or like Turkey or something, and totally fine. She's like, oh, unsavory. Get me out of here. <laughs> Get me out of here. Get me back to Europe. Like, all right, cool. I do want to ask about one thing, because uh, I'm done with my segments. This is such, again, you were right. Nothing really happens to this book. I was so ready to talk about everything, and then we just rolled through everything. I steamrolled over it. I was like, Dan, I, I know you think stuff happened in this chapter, but let me tell you. But, like, were you not bored to tears by how they presented this, like, very scary, like, oh, this man could be stalking me? I think, too, that, like, she, w- I, I think, like, the essence of who this character is kind of gets in the way of that too. Cause she was like, oh, you know, I just get followed around by so many people and they're totally harmless. And maybe it was one of the extra bodyguards my parents hired. And it's like, no, you're, you're getting stalked like the rest of us that aren't, <laughs> that aren't men. I'm sure men get stalked sometimes too, but like <laughs> they hire this, kid, I, this boy from Mensa to be my boyfriend. What was me? Yeah. For real, man. Yeah. It's just boring. And the cliffhanger at the end, I don't even care about. Oh, yeah, the cliffhanger. It was my darkened closet, dot, 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 with a man inside the door. 
Because she, like, did this whole thing where she's to, like, she spun around taking photos and to, like, see if he was in the photo she took. And he was. It's creepy. It's me. I'm the man in the closet. Anyway. I, I read this when there was a power outage for two hours. It was very scary. Didn't know what it would come back. It was big thunderstorm, big rainstorm. And I had candlelight. Well, I think that's, uh, yeah, that's the. It was the really hard to read. Audio, audiobook versus physical uh, book. It enriched the experience. You, like, had the perfect setting. Exactly. I, I listened I to this. I could see my highlighter color. It was great. Yeah. The first time I listened to this was uh, when I couldn't sleep. It was like 4 a.m. and I had to wake up in two hours. The second time I listened to it in the car and started crying about something unrelated and had to turn it off. And then the third time I was listening to it was uh, running around my house before this podcast recording started. So maybe that informed. <laughs> so you were an expert on this chapter. I, I still can't really give you details that's why you did the summary <laughs> given that you've heard there's one sentence that i'm confused about i literally have no clue what she's talking about and it is the <clears throat> ever since the, again i'm saying this sentence out of context there is no good context for this sentence ever since quote ever since the summer camp photo incident i pre- i prided myself on being constantly alert aware and vigilant about just this kind of thing. Yeah, I had no idea this man was stalking us through Europe. So are we going to, what What do you think happened at the summer camp photo incident? What is that? I think it was just terrible foreshadowing. I think they wanted to foreshadow, but uh, this author does not, sorry to this author, but this is a bad book and you should feel bad. Um, I don't think this author quite had the skill to do that and just kind of dropped it in the middle. <laughs> maybe they'll remember the sentence. Maybe they won't. We will, though, because you just pointed it out. I think we're ready to talk about what happens in the rest of the book because I think we know where this is going. Yeah. Okay. It's clear that this mysterious Edward Cullen hot ghost that's in all of her photos, who she can't stop shaking and sees in the closet at the very end of this cliffhanger, he's this ethereal being that is tied to her soul. She, he is her soulmate, because soulmate is used obnoxiously often. Oh, yeah. So the, I think he's ageless. I think he's stuck in time. I think he's stuck in another dimension, maybe. But the creepiest thing about that is mentioning that that dreaded summer camp incident, which would have been at least two years before, before she had a bodyguard. I mean, she, before oh, she was 15, no. I'm guessing that he's been stalking her. Uh, no. All of this on purpose. And you stalking. think that she's going to fall in love with him? Man, I was kind of hoping he would be the antagonist. Yeah, I think it is going to be the love triangle and it's going to be super gross. Why would you fall in love with someone who is stalking you? That's someone we who makes you feel credit to inherently Duff. unsafe. And you're like, oh, yeah, that's what does it for me. I mean, no judgment. <laughs> Everyone copes in their own ways, but still, yikes. <laughs> Yikes, we got to give credit to Hilary Duff with Elise Allen. They somehow came up with a worse love story than Twilight. It really is a worse love story than Twilight, and, like, good for them. Twilight's iconic, though. I will. I refuse to sh- shit on Twilight because I ragged of- on Twilight for this gag. I am mainly talking about the age aspects of Twilight. Oh, the age aspects are, are really, age, really uncomfortable. The That's the part oh, I'm talking about. Oh, so we... The context uh, of What that. is it? What is it? Uh, you named my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? Those are great films. Speaking of Twilight, our, our guest next week is a big fan of, those, yes. of that franchise. Our friend Serena. Um, so stay tuned for episode three for that. It's going to be a lot more organized than this. This is, to be honest, this episode is a mess because this, is this an chapter yeah. is a mess. 
There is so much to talk about and nothing to talk about. All There's nothing. at the same time. It's maddening. This book, I feel like this book has captured my soul in a bad way. Like, I, I, maybe I'm in the photograph and I'm not stalking her. I'm asking her for help. I'm like, get me out of Elixir by Hilary Duff. Free me. I'm stuck <laughs> in here. With Elise Allen. With Elise Allen. Um, yeah, uh, every time I get in my car... I need to disable this, but my audiobook app will just start going. So I just like, <laughs> I'm just immersed in Elixir every time I turn the key in my fucking car. And I'm just like, oh God, uh, I can't listen to this while driving, by the way, because it mixes in with my road rage and I'm just shouting at it the whole time. And also listen, it minutes. can't be worse than the time I tried listening to Philip Roth as an audiobook. Whoa. And no, no shame to those who enjoy Philip Roth, but he is not to be blasted in a car automatically when you get in. A few minutes later. And let's move on. What are we moving on to? I've, so I have one I more thing. I don't have anything on our list. Uh, if you're listening, we just cut out a whole segment that neither of us are very happy with. <laughs> We're fine tuning it, though, so stay tuned. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, there was one thing I want to talk about. One more thing I've written down that I'm dying to talk about. I am dying to talk about this. Let's hear it, Dan. On page 32, for those reading along, which should be none of you, it says Valid. in one of the photos, it took two hours, but eventually I narrowed them down to 20 pictures spanning all portions of our trip. So fog or swear, at night, a snarling gargoyle, leaping up the column at Prague's uh, St. Vitus Cathedral. I've been there. It's nice. Uh, Raina with her back to the Trevi Fountain. Following tradition by tossing a coin with her right hand over her left shoulder. Do you know why I'm so excited to talk about this? No. It's the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh my god, wait, that totally is. Whoa, I did not put that together. You're in right. The Lizzie McGuire movie. Which Full came circle. Out in 2003. Full circle. She, the, the, the inciting incident of the movie, and she flips the, she makes a wish That's over right. her shoulder, oh doesn't God. say what the wish is, she closed her eyes, does the whole thing, which oh, with full her circle. tossing a coin, and then Trevi Fountain with her right hand over her left shoulder, and immediately is recognized by Paolo as a dead ringer for his ex-girlfriend slash um, singing partner. Ugh, hate when that happens. So I think this is further evidence that she's been cooking up this story for years. I think since she was 15, she's been cooking up this story because the Liz McGuire movie was filmed when she was an eighth grader. Fascinating. So do you think it was with Elise Allen or do you think Elise Allen was told what to do? Elise Allen was busy writing the Barbie movies. She was busy. Okay. So you do think this came from Hillary Duff herself? I think that the story Honestly, I think that the story beats all came from the core story of the whole there's this ghost and, and you know, I've got I'm on traveling, all this stuff. I think the core story is all Hillary, but the uh, the synonyms, the thesaurus, the uh, the foreshadowing is all set by Elise. And that's why it feels so awkward and stilted. It feels like Hillary wrote a very sprawling, unfocused manuscript. And then Elise came in and basically fine tuned it, added in segments to pay off later. Does that sound right? So they both did a bad job. Good to know for the future on who to blame for Elixir. If you're listening to this, Lee Allen, I just want to say I respect your work on the Barbie movie franchise, um, but I do have some gripes with this novel. Elise Allen, if you're listening to this, you know what? You know, secure the bag. You you do your thing. 
Do your thing. Make We're your money. We're just two I'm random not people. We're just two yeah. podcast guys. I think your writing is, yeah, I think your writing is terrible, but I think it's awesome that you've uh, probably made money off of it. And I think that's a really good thing. You know how to write a backhanded compliment. Let me tell you that. (laughs) Oh, that wasn't a compliment. That was merely, that was merely respect for the hustle. I don't have respect respect for for much else. You suck, but I'm glad you're making money for it. (laughs) You know what? Yeah. We all got to survive in this late capitalist hellscape. goes our chance of getting Elise Allen on this podcast. (laughs) I think that was gone long ago, especially if you kept all the (laughs) in the first episode. Don't know if you did or not, but if you did, I'll bleep that again. Man, being censored by Dan, being censored by society. Where does it end? When can I just speak my truth? Um, off podcast. Say the next thing, and I'm just gonna bleep it all. Say whatever you want. I'm gonna bleep it. Um, I think that Elixir by Hilary Duff is a fine novel, published in 2010. It is definitely a novel. It has words. It has pages. And if you have the audiobook, it has a pause function. And yeah. I'm not going to cut that. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said something right in the middle of it. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't go demented. That was actually just what I say. You're just mocking me at this point. <laughs> Absolutely. I think it should be noted, too, that our taste in podcasts are very different. Our tastes um, in general are very different. Are very different. I listen to three podcasts, and they are Chapo Trap House, Come Town, and uh, True Anon. Um, I think someone could listen to me talk for five minutes and probably tell you that. But, and Dan listens to every podcast. I listen to almost exclusively New Zealand podcasts. That's, yeah, New Zealand's dope. New Zealand's dope. New Zealand is dope. I think it's fucked up that they forget it on maps all the time. They also forget Hawaii. They forget Hawaii, too. Now that I know it's forgotten, I always look for it so I can be that guy that's like, hey, you forgot someone. Before, you know, we kinda, we're we done with telling this book. Let's just talk about ourselves a little bit here because I feel like I didn't really introduce myself <laughs> or introduce, like, where we live or where we're from. Do you want to disclose <laughs> the information? I don't know. <laughs> I'll disclose enough. You You go first. I live in Hawaii. I live in Honolulu. I live in down, like almost downtown Honolulu. I'm right near Waikiki, which sucks. Don't go there. Uh, and I have never met Al. Never. But Al lives in. I live in Louisiana. I live in New Orleans. Um, I don't think I would do. I've lived in the South my whole life, but uh, yeah, I live in New Orleans. I grew up in Texas. Uh, I talk grew up... about being from Texas. And I grew up East Coast uh, with Rachel, with with Al's friend, Rachel. Shout yeah. out to Rachel. Thanks for listening this far. Yes, Queen. Ugh, at least one listener. Hey, Thank Queen, come back to my island. Come back Rachel. to my Animal Crossing right. island. I've got more stuff for you. Uh, so I think that's pretty much it for this episode. Anything else you want to like really talk about or analyze or anything else? Um, I'm just excited to see. I'm excited to hear more about the mom because that's going to inform me more about uh class relations in this book you're drawn most to the classism inherent in the protagonist it's her, she her her best friends were purchased for her i feel like we should just like her best you know, friend take, take is the in-house equine professional's daughter the horse girl the horse princess if you want to use that terminology like, yeah this is this is the this is a look into the lives of the one percent these you know? they're clearly the one percent the 1%. This is what they do. Clearly. This is what they are. So people can, can own a house for their horse girl. Your own live-in horse girl has her own house. And, you know, if anyone 
who's really rich is trying to hire me to be their, li- I'll be a girl for you, your living horse girl, and give me a house, you know, hit, hit the email, let me know, I'll send you a resume. I am personally, yes, absolutely do, send, send an email again to Cinderella Stories with a Z at gmail.com. It's in the, it's in the, the show notes. Oh God! And we're back. Um, yeah, and we're back. So we it. just we just got a, we just did a real heart to heart. You missed it. It might have been an awkward edit, <laughs> but uh, we just had a really. There's good no such thing as awkward edits because sometimes I just talk like that. Yeah, we just had a really really good time. Uh, we're good friends. So next episode, we're going to capture chapter three of the 2010 Simon and Schuster New York Times bestseller by Hilary Duff and Lisa Allen Elixir with our special guest, Serena. I had no idea if she wants her last name said, so I'm not going to say it. But Serena is awesome. Uh, she is in Texas. A queen. Yes, she is absolutely incredible. And she a treasure. Is the, uh, a gem. Inspiration to this podcast was a conversation I had with her over Twitter uh, when we both discovered that Hilary Duff was a novelist and another actor was a novelist as well. We'll, we'll review that when time comes. Um but that's pretty much it. Again, do not buy this book. Do not read this book. Don't, don't read this book. To. We're reading it, so you don't have to. Again, it's surprisingly boring, despite how interesting. Don't listen we to this book. Don't listen to this book. This Hopefully the, it the, the woman reading the book does a hell of a job. But don't don't listen. Well, what's to this her book name? Want to give her a shout out? Julia. She's got a last name that I can't read. I'm sorry, Queen. Uh, I'll do I'll do better. I'll do better. We'll get it next time. Julia Wayland. Julia Wayland. Julia Wayland. Shout out to Julia Wayland. Uh, to for being the wonderful narrator of the audiobook, somehow not Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff, what are you doing? Why don't you narrate your own audiobook? What's happening? Yeah, I that's the whole reason I bought the audiobook, and I'm disappointed. But Julia, you are the high point of it. I would also like to point out that in in my uh, searching for this, uh, Elixir by Hillary Duff has a 5.5 5 out of 5 stars <laughs> on audiobooks.com. So the people love it. Wow, you know, I can't wait until we really dive into the Goodreads. Actually, you know what? This is going to be a short episode. Do you want to guess the Goodreads rating of this book? Ooh, ooh yeah, that, okay, okay. Um, I think it's going to be a solid 3.4. Because I don't go on Goodreads enough to know what a good score is, but I'm guessing also in, in the mid, I'm guessing 3.5 out of 5. Out of 5, yeah, I'd, I'd do a 3.4 3. out of a 5. I don't think it would make it to 3.5. We have the answer. I think people would be too divided between 3 and 4. There are 12, over, there's almost 13,000 ratings, by the way, and almost 2,000 reviews. The rating is 3.53. Wow. I was, damn, I was on the money. You were, yeah, you were right on it. Um, so that's it. that's it for anything you want to plug or get a shout out to besides the wonderful uh, author Julie Wayland. Uh, yeah, fuck daylight savings time. Yeah, fuck daylight savings. I think time. it's stupid. Why doesn't do it's it? It's eight o'clock already. Why doesn't do it? Which makes it awkward now because we're at a further time difference. We are four thousand miles apart and five hours difference. It, it so it's it's three o'clock there. It is three o four. Yes. Jesus Christ, it is, it's dark here, my day is over, and I still have so much to do because life just keeps on happening, except uh, everything happens too much, so you can see my dilemma. This chapter sucks, that's why I wasn't motivated to get my shit together before it. It's okay, all you need to know is uh, shawl-necked sweaters ain't it, so they're not, they're not where it's at, so if you would like me to replace all your shawl-necked sweaters... Again, just at the podcast on Twitter. I should probably come up with an outro, shouldn't we? Yeah. 
Cue the outro music. Yeah. All right. Bless. Thank you. Have a good time, everyone. Hopefully, see, hopefully you hear us on episode three with, with our special guest, Serena. Yes. Ciao. Peace out. All right, I'm stopping recording. Before you go away, go away, go away, wait. This one's over, let it go and subscribe. Next episode comes next Sunday or next Monday. Please go rate our podcast on iTunes today. Don't log off, please just go and please follow our Twitter. Till next Sunday or next Monday. Haven't you told a friend? Check us out today. Okay.